devote ourselves to think and be reminded of the, um, um, of the issue concerning the Great Commission. And, you know, some people call it a World Missions Conference, and, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's fine with me. But um, we, we um, will do that starting the 28th of this month. Um, but one of the things that I want to mention is what we call engage events. Um, I don't know whether you know what those are, the engage events. But what they're trying to do is engage you. That is, um, there are like, there's like 15 of them that will be out here on the board. In fact, they probably are out there even now, but they'll be out there by Sunday. And they're just, they're just, um, they're just taking you into ministries that we sponsor around the city and giving you an opportunity to take a look and see what goes on there and, and see perhaps if you might could plug in there or something that would be of interest to you. So uh, you sign up for those things. Uh, you just, it, you know, most of them are a couple of three hours uh, on a Thursday night or a Saturday morning. It's just an opportunity for you to look at ministries, see what's going on, and, and get a, a bigger and a broader view of the needs of our city and uh, the needs of the great, or the, the, the command of the Great Commission. Now, we're back at Romans chapter 14, and I want to remind you, I want to keep in front of you, um, it's interesting, uh, and I said this, I think, when we opened, that Christians getting along uh, was something that was important to the Apostle Paul, and the reason I know that is because he mentioned it so often. Uh, The the issue in in Romans 14 has to do with uh, Christians getting along, and one of the assaults, or one of the dangers, uh, or one of the things that tends to... Um, make them not get along. And, it, it, and he's, he's raising issues as we go along. Last week we looked at the whole idea of, of, uh, of dietary laws. He talks about eating in verse uh, 3 and, and then passing judgment on people who eat and some who don't and all that business. So the whole issue um, or the thing that tends to upset uh, Christian harmony is... Um, is our different views about non-essential items. And, um, and, and we are willing and prone to fight over those things in such a way that uh, it becomes a real problem in our, um, in our midst. So, uh, last week, as I said, uh, he mentions, at least in, in the first century church, dietary rules and what we would eat and what we wouldn't eat, um, was a problem. But now we move in verses 5 and 6, and he raises another issue. Let me just read you verses 5 and 6, because we're going to try to cover those two tonight. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Now, in, in these two verses, it, uh, we, get an, we get a second item that apparently was an issue in Rome, and that was um, holy days. <laughs> some, some esteeming days differently than, than others did. Guys, um, I want to start tonight by giving you a principle that I hope will help in, in, the, in the entire discussion. Um, I, I'm not sure you can see how germane this is, but I, I hope to make it clear. But one of, one of the principles that will help you manage life, not just life in the church, but life, 
One of the principles that will help you manage life is that wisdom is always complex. Error is simple. Heresy, error, it's simple. It's wisdom that is complex. Now, let me give you three examples. And the last example has has real bearing on on our discussion in Romans 14. Here's an example for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The Trinity. Uh, Guys, if you're... I mean, Unitarianism is simple. Uh, Polytheism is simple. Trinitarianism is complex. Um, Wisdom, truth is complex. Error is simple. Um, the, the, The issues when it comes to Christians getting along, sometimes are complex. Um, and, and the issue that's here in this text is the issue over, over one end of the spectrum being tending towards legalism and the other end of the spectrum tending towards what we're, a term that I'll be start using a lot, is, it, is antinomianism. Antinomianism on one of the spectrum, legalism on the other. They view things differently, and because they view things differently, um, they begin to spat. Uh, you, you know what a legalist is? An antinomian is one who says, eat, drink, and be merry, because there are no rules. Do what you want to do. Um, but, but, but the right position is usually one that's complex. Um, gang, um, Live any way you want. That's simple. Or, live only according to the rules. That's simple. But living according to grace, that's complex. Wisdom is complex, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Error is simple. Now, the the, the last illustration I want to give you is, is, I think, is the best to illustrate my point, it has to do with how the Apostle Paul deals with issues like these, like this holy day thing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Stay with me, guys. Um, In the book of Galatians, Paul takes on the Apostle Peter over the issue of circumcision and blasts him. Remember that? Uh, Peter had kind of given way to the Judaizer party, and, and uh, I think it's in chapter 2 <coughs> where it said that, that Paul withstood Peter to the face, in the, at, face-to-face, and called him down over the issue of circumcision. And yet, guys, um, in Acts chapter 16, we see the apostle Paul condone the circumcision of his sidekick, Timothy. Um, In the book of Colossians, um, Paul takes a very firm stand over um, holy days and, and, and special little rites and ceremonies. And yet here, he seems to treat them as a matter of indifference. Now, guys, what what, what has happened? What has happened is, has the Apostle Paul somehow contradicted himself? Um, 
No, guys, um, and, and which allows me to make, by the way, I want to show you this, if you can find Acts 21 real fast. Um, this is a, a, a situation in, in Jerusalem, and um, look at the middle of verse 23. They tell him, we have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify, for your, purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. <clears throat> Thus all will know that there's nothing in what they have said about you, but that you yourself also live in observance of the law. And Paul does that. And yet in other places in the New Testament, he absolutely takes this, this uncompromising stance against those kinds of goings on. There's another place in Acts 18 where he shaves his head to uh, complete some kind of uh, ceremonial law. On other occasions, he is saying, forget that stuff. And yet you see the Apostle Paul doing those very things that he says are not important. Now, now what's, what's the point, guys? Gang, gang um... What I'm saying to you is, oftentimes, what I do and what I don't do is a complex decision. Wisdom is complex. Legalism is simple. Antinomianism is simple. Wisdom is complex. The the Apostle Paul would concede anything when the principle was not at stake. When, when, when When a saving principle was not at stake... He would concede anything. Oh, you want to circumcise Timothy? Oh, okay, that'd be fine. Let's just circumcise Timothy. But when it was, when it was something that was being presented as, as, um, as having some kind of saving value attached to it, if he was in an, in an environment like he was in Galatia, where circumcision was being represented as having some kind of saving significance, he conceded nothing. But on other occasions, when it was a matter of, um, well, you know, you just need to do this to, uh, to keep uh, every, everybody happy over there. He went right ahead and did it. Do you see the point I'm trying to make? Wisdom often is complex. Gang, um, Paul's treatment of, um, of issues often dependent upon the environment in which he found himself. And so for you to lay down laws that apply to every situation at every time, that's because we're, we're, we're simpletons. Wisdom is more complex than that. And you see it very clearly in the Apostle Paul. On one occasion, circumcision, no problem. On the other occasion, he says, damn you, Peter, for having introduced that to the church at Galatia. Because, and, the, and the difference was, in one setting in Galatia, they were trying to make it a, a saving ordinance. And so, the apostle Paul bowed his neck. And he withstood the most, the most, uh, the, 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 the best known apostle of them all, Peter, and said, Peter, you're wrong about this. And they had this big squabble in front of all these people. Oh, he disrupted Christian harmony because there was something, there was a principle at stake 
But when there weren't, wasn't when there wasn't, he was willing to um, he was willing to concede and compromise. So, do you see that Christian morality is is some? It's it's more complex than you think. You know, maybe this will illustrate baptism. Ladies and gentlemen, is baptism important? You bet your britches it's important. In fact, at Gracie Band, we try to make sure that you've been baptized before you ever join this church. We want to make sure that you have indeed been baptized. But if you were to stand up in some Sunday school class and say that you must be baptized to be saved, we would withstand you and have a big little fuss on our hands. Because you see, it depends on the environment in which you are promoting that sacrament. That's exactly what Paul does over the issue of circumcision. Wisdom is complex. And so because we don't want to do the work of of, uh, finding what wisdom is, we adopt simplistic positions like a legalist or like an antinomian. Neither position is wisdom. Both of those positions are simpletonism because wisdom demands far more grasp than simply saying, oh, just live any way you want to, or just live by the rules. Both of those are wrong. Because the position that we're looking for that will maintain harmony is is one of wisdom, and that often is harder to find than simply looking in the rule book as to what rules we've got to direct us. Sometimes we do have rules to direct us. I mean, if you're out there considering whether or not you should have an affair? The answer is no. Uh, just forget it. Because there is a rule um, that is binding on us. But 90% of the, of the issues that we face as human beings, is not, it's, we're not going to be guided by a rule. It's not covered by a rule. I mean, do I go to this school? Do I marry this person? Do I take that job? Those are complex Also, the church of Jesus Christ getting along in harmony is not simple. Because as you see in in the story I told you about the Apostle Paul, he does one thing in one setting and and a different thing, almost a contradictory thing in another setting, depending upon the nature of the environment. In one environment that is demanding that you be circumcised to be saved, he says, "Uh, forget that. Another environment, he says it's a non-essential. He, he, he allows circumcision. Do you see the point? I'm saying that one principle that will help you manage life is this. Wisdom is always complex. It's not as simple as you think it is. And I think one of the things that, that this disrupts Christian fellowships is that we're too simplistic about how to approach life. Wisdom is more complex than that. Now, that, that's kind of an introductory principle that I hope will guide us. But we come to the issue of holy days. That's what he mentions in verse 5. One person esteems one day better than another. One esteems all days alike. 
Guys, when the Reformation um, erupted, uh, there was lots of fights that went on in the Reformation leadership. Um, but at least they fought over biblical and doctrinal issues, like the Lord's Supper. They, there was a whole huge fight over, over that thing. But at least they were fighting about something that was a, a biblical doctrinal position. In the 21st century church, we fight about far less important things than that. But at least we, we don't fight over holy days, now do we? Not so fast. <laughs> um, I'm afraid we do. Now, you may not, we may not have experienced it here at Grace of Anna, and I don't think we have. But there are all kinds of Sabbath. And there, I get a magazine called The Sabbatarian. Maybe you know of what a strict Sabbatarian is. Maybe you know of some people who will and won't, will do certain things. Ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of mistakes that we made as a parent, that I made as a parent, that Susie and I made as a parent. But one of our biggest sets of mistakes was over this very issue. The observance of the Sabbath. The observance of making a, a day holy. I'll tell you a little story. This is, I mean, it still scars me. Um, I mean, we had three little girls, and, um, and we lived in a cove in, in Florida, and, and our side yard was the backyard of our next-door neighbors, the Benzics. Love the Benzics, still love the Benzics, stay in touch with the Benzics, Bill and Janet Benzik. My, my kids still call Janet Aunt Janet. Um, we, we loved the Benzics. They had two kids that played with our kids, and, and um, so their backyard was our side yard, and Bill... <laughs> who was such a fun guy, decided he was going to put in a pool. So he put in a pool in his backyard. Well, part of his pool bled over into my side yard, which we didn't give a hoot. But, um, <clears throat> but I mean, every time their kids were in that pool, our kids were in that pool. I mean, they wanted our kids in that pool because they entertained their kids. You know how that goes. I mean, yeah, get them, get them over here and I'll go inside. So, <clears throat> um, you know, our kids were, we, we called them the bathing beauties. It was Megan and Gracie and... And Kelly and uh, Emily was too. But I mean, they would go and they would swim some of the day, and then they'd go lie out in the street and sunbathe. And they'd get back in the pool. They'd just play in that pool all the time. Except on Sunday. They went, they went to the church of which I was the pastor, and we would all come home from church. And, and um, <laughs> this is almost a, <clears throat> we'd all come over from church, and the Benzics would eat, and they'd head to their pool. But our kids were not allowed to swim on, Sabbath, on the Sabbath. And so <laughs> my kids <clears throat> would line up at the window <laughs> and just stare at the Benzics while they were, you know, having fun. In the... And Kelly, who loved our girls, Kelly would, would stand at the side of the pool and look at the girls, and they would just stare at each other and while Susie and I were saying, this is the Sabbath. You can't, you can't swim on the Sabbath. Well, guys, those, can you see how those kind of convictions can lead to some really, I mean, you know, because, because uh, that can become a point of real spiritual superiority. Because we observe the Sabbath. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid we do fight over those things. Uh, we still fight over those things. I, I'm happy to say that, um, <laughs> of course, after my kids were long gone, our convictions changed a bit, um, but I, I think they still hate me over that one, um, 
they hate me over something. I don't know what it is. I think it's the Sabbath thing. And that's not true. I'm just, my wife will take me on. She, they don't hate you. They don't. But anyway, guys, um, there are three principles in these, in these two verses that I, I, I want to point out in terms of just trying to find wisdom in a complex environment. And the complex environment is this. You've got a lot of people, and a lot of them differ from who you are. And uh, they, don't, they think you're weird, and you think they're weird. And, you know, there's just, this is a complex environment. How do you maintain a, a, a sweetness of harmony in, in, a, in a group of people who differ so widely? Um, there's three little things that I, I think are, are good guidelines or helpful pieces of wisdom that I hope will help us to navigate the whole thing. The first one's found in verse 5. Um, one person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days like it. Here it is. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Now, guys, Paul is willing to treat each believer as a responsible, believing person. He is saying that you've got to come to a place where you feel comfortable with your own set of convictions over various issues. How about the Sabbath? How about alcohol? Let's talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, would you not expect someone who was raised in an Episcopalian home to have different convictions over alcohol from a person who was raised in a Baptist home. Paul is willing to treat you as a responsible thinking believer and allow you to come to your own personal convictions concerning these issues that are non-essentials. He says to you, you must um, be fully convinced in your own, it doesn't matter what Jimmy Young thinks. You must be fully convinced in your own mind. So that means that there is a responsibility on each individual believer to search out these matters for themselves. What does the Bible tell me about the Sabbath? Holy days. What does the Bible tell me over Alcohol and its consumption. But whatever position you adopt, you must be fully convinced in your own mind. You are given permission to come to your own convictions about non-essential issues. You don't have to toe any church line. Um, gang. Um, you are, to, you are to arrive at a set of personal convictions which will vary from person to person. The, the, the thing that is... The Apostle Paul gives you the permission to differ over those things. So, understand that somebody who was raised in a Southern Baptist Convention as a child is going to have different convictions than you do who was raised in an Episcopalian home over the issue of alcohol. But you must be fully convinced in your own mind. And I want you to notice what verse 23 says. 
But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because he's eating not from faith. Here it is. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Ladies and gentlemen, the principle is simply this. You are exhorted to come to convictions over these various issues. But if you sin, no, if you deny your own convictions, even if those convictions are wrong, you have sinned. Let's say you have the conviction that no Christian should ever read a Hardy Boys book. Ladies and gentlemen, I've known people like that. I think we were that, weren't we, Sue? Was that one? Um, I'll tell you what, you want to hear a real goofy one. We didn't want our children watching Scooby-Doo. Do y'all remember Scooby-Doo? Wasn't that the name of it back? Because we felt like there was, I'll tell you another thing. How about, um, how about Barbie dolls? How about, um, okay, well, uh, everyone must be convinced in his own mind, Sue, that uh, Paul has given you that permission. Um, uh, we w- there, was, there was one TV show that we didn't want him watching because the woman made the man look like an idiot all the time. What was that? The Flintstones. The Flintstones. Because that, that guy looked like such an idiot all the time. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you think it's wrong for your children to watch Flintstones? You don't? Well, that's because I'm holier than you. Uh, see, that's the reasoning that goes on. But ladies and gentlemen, let's say how silly and how foolish it is that you not let your kids watch the Flintstones. But I am free to come to my own set of convictions and be convinced in my own mind. However, if I am convinced that watching the Flintstones is bad, and I then watch the Flintstones, it is sin. Because I am not doing it from 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 the base of confidence in God's leadership faith. So, ladies, <clears throat> you're lying on the beach at Destin, and you're, um, you're reading a book, and the book um, raises some issues that are very racy. And you're thinking, I ought not be reading this. If you continue to read, you have sinned. Because you have a conviction that you have violated, whether that conviction is... But I'm saying to you, the New Testament gives you the right to develop and research and come to your own convictions, but according to verse 5, each one of us should be fully convinced in his own mind. And then, if you don't agree with me, tech with you. You know, I, um, if I, if I want to read Hardy Boy books, and you think they're wrong, that's, that's your problem. But if I have a conviction that I violate, then... Right, that, that, that's the first guideline. Let me hasten to the second. 
He then adds this in verse 6. And this is, this is interesting, I think. The one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Guys, it is possible to serve the Lord either way. Look, he says, you observe the day, honor the Lord in it. But you don't observe the day, observe the day, honor the Lord in your... The best one is that he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains, honors the Lord and gives thanks to God. You eat, you honor God. You don't eat, you honor God. Both of those positions can be equally spiritual. And ladies and gentlemen, that, that ought to... That ought to eliminate a lot of friction amongst Christians. You know, I've got these convictions that, uh, you know, they don't have. But according to the Apostle Paul, <laughs> both of those positions, in both of those positions, God can be honored. I, I love that, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I um, So, number one, I am exhorted to go search out and come to my own convictions about these issues that are non-essentials. And if I violate my own conscience, then I've got a problem. But once I have come to a conviction over such issues then I can honor the Lord whether you disagree with me or not. Um, here, here's the third. We've got to hurry. But um, according to verse 6, the determining factor in your position, whatever that position is, your conviction, let's say, is whether or not you can be thankful in the midst of it. That is, thankful, not judgmental. That is, um, I have decided that I am not going to eat um, pork. It's a conviction of mine, and I find it in the Bible. Well, I, I'm not in agreement with that conviction, but can I hold my position without being judgmental, without being pious, without being resentful? Can I be thankful in the position that I feel like God has led me to? That's what he says. The one who observes, the, observes in the honor of the Lord, the one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord, and gives thanks to God. The, the, the determining factor, guys, in your eating or in your abstaining, is are you grateful to God in the midst of the position that you have come to? But the reference point... The reference point is always God. What, what does God say about this issue? Now, and this is huge, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me. The real issue is what does God have to say, not what do you have to say over these non-essential issues. Now, there are issues that, ladies and gentlemen, we all got to agree about. The Trinity, you know. But over these non-essentials, about eating and drinking and, and, and days... The reference point is, what has God led me to? He is the one that I'm consulting, not you. 
Guys, one of the reasons that I hate legalism so, and I, I do not understand why thinking Christians can live in it. I, I don't get it. But one of the reasons that I hate legalism so is that legalism doesn't even need God. Legalism, legalism is a search for innocence, not forgiveness. They just want to make sure that everybody thinks, I'm, I'm, I'm performing pretty well. Because the reference point in legalism, ladies and gentlemen, is not God. The reference point is the people that is, are observing me. And I want them to approve my behavior. That's what my concern is. It is a systematic process. That is legalism. It is a systematic process of defending self, of explaining self, of exalting self, of justifying self. Legalists are obsessed with self. Not God. It's it's not what's right. It's how I appear. And what my crowd around me concludes. See, that's why I say they're, they're not after forgiveness. They're after innocence. They want everybody to think, oh, they're just, they're just, the, they're just the nicest. It makes you, ladies and gentlemen, approval hungry. You know, I, I have to fight that battle all the time now. I don't need legalism or directing me because then my referent is not what God has said. It's you and what you think about my behavior. Guys, go back and and look again in verse 5. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And that convincing comes from the scriptures, not from my crowd in which I find myself. And by the way, that being convinced in your own mind, um, a lot of that is going to depend on this search that you're going to do to arrive at the convictions that you have. It assumes that you're going to make some kind of search so that you can come to convictions that that are grown out of Scriptural text. So you're given the permission. So for heaven's sakes, go use it. I, I can say to you guys, and this is, this is something I, I bet you would never expect me to say. Because I'm a, I'm, in terms of my spiritual gift make, makeup, I'm a prophet. And one of the characteristics of prophets is that they love blacks and whites. They love the absolutes. They love the mmm and the mmm. I'm saying to you, according to these two little, well, and not only here, there are in the Christian church some grays. Now, some of you can't live with that. And some of you can't live with the fact that people don't agree with your views of the Sabbath or your views of alcohol or your views of... Hardy Boy books or your views of the Flintstones. What you're given here are three, what I called, helpful guidelines. First of all, you've got to be convinced in your own mind. Get to that. 
grow it out of the scriptures. Find out what, the, what God has to say concerning the issues that trouble you. Number two, it's possible to serve, I mean, two people who have two entirely different views of, of an issue, both of those positions can be useful to the expansion of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, the, the real determining factor is, in, in, in my conviction, is there a, a, a thankful spirit that grows out of it? That's where I can determine whether I'm, I'm pretty much on target. Now, guys, maybe you understand now why I open with that little principle about wisdom is complex. Legalism is simple. Antinomianism is simple. Wisdom is complex. So, <clears throat> instead of racing to judgments, just understand that um, um, non-essential moral items permit differences of opinion. But you never thought you'd hear me say that, did you? Let's quit. Our Father, I, I do pray that you will maintain the harmony that exists in this body. We do have um, differences of opinion on lots of things, and that is, um, that is something that we should learn to cherish. And Lord, where there is um, this, this crowd approval lust, would you help us all to put it to death as we look not to the crowd for the smiles, but as we look to our Heavenly Father for the smiles. Thank you for um, treating us like we are capable, intelligent, thinking people. And so, Lord, as a result of all the freedoms that you've given us, um, would you exhort and encourage your people to find the positions that, that reflect your goodness and for which they are thankful? We commit ourselves to that and do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and good night.